Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. It isn't about stuff. It's about Jesus. You see... They're not going to Jesus and say, I wish we were in a bigger boat. They're going to Jesus because they're saying, our wisdom, we don't know what to do. We've been, we've been rowing. We don't know what to do. We've taken the sail down. We don't know what to do. Our wisdom, we, we can't get through this. A bigger boat isn't the answer. My wisdom isn't the answer. We don't have a, you know, a, a 40 horsepower to put on it to get through. The only answer is Jesus. No matter what our stature, ethnicity, or moral standing is, each of us faces trials throughout our life. From disease, a family crisis, or financial nightmares, none of us will live a life that's entirely void of trials. The question we must ask ourselves is what do we hold on to when facing the trials of life? In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches us about the most reliable, trustworthy, and faithful person we can cling to in the midst of chaos. In our study, we learned that this person is none other than the Son of God. So who do you hold fast to when life gets you down? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Don't Miss Life, Get in the Boat. Did those two disciples that he just talked to follow him? We don't know. Matthew doesn't tell us. We have no idea whether they did or didn't. Let me give you two scenarios. If they did... And we know from a couple of the other Gospels, many boats went with Jesus. But if they did get in a boat and follow Jesus, if they were a committed follower of Jesus, they showed two traits that are absolutely required if you call yourself a follower of Jesus. Write these down. Following Jesus requires radical obedience, number one, and remaining, remaining teachable. You see, I can't call myself a follower of Jesus unless I obey him. If he says, drop this and go, I go. If he speaks to my heart and says, do this, I do it. That means radical obedience. Now, both of those, both of those men he talked to and he basically said to them, here's your problem. Here's the solution. If they got on board, they were teachable. I want to be teachable my whole life. I want to remain open to the things of God. I want God to speak to me and use me to be ministered to all my life. Now, what if they didn't get in the boat? What if they decided not now? What would happen? What did they miss? We're going to see that. Look in verse 24. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake. 
so that the waves swept over the boat. (laughs) This is amazing. But Jesus was sleeping. Many Christians have this concept that if there's a difficulty or a storm or a problem in life, it's because they've been disobedient to God. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes a storm or a problem comes in my life because I have been disobedient to God. You know, whatever I sow, I do, I do reap. But see this philosophy that if a storm comes in your life, then you're really not serving God and you don't have enough faith. That, that's terrible theology. Notice this storm came in the disciples' life because they did what? They obeyed Jesus. The storm didn't come because they disobeyed. It came because they obeyed. They were in the will of God, the perfect will of God. Now there's some words there that you and I understand without warning. Do you know that you and I are one phone call away from a furious storm? You and I are one phone call away from a disaster that's just happened to a family member, a friend. You and I are one call to the office of where you work to say the company is downsizing and I'm sorry to say you're the first to go. We're one email away when the phone couldn't get a hold of us but they email us and say, please call your doctor's office. The results of your test have just come back. We're one evening together when a spouse says, I need to talk to you. I'm leaving you. We're one conversation away from our teenage son or daughter who say, I've been tested and I have AIDS. Or, I had a test at school and I'm now pregnant. What are you going to do when a storm comes up suddenly like that? Well, here's a principle you need to write. Following Jesus doesn't eliminate the storms of life. It doesn't. And they can come just like that. And that's what happened. They're going across the Sea of Galilee... I've been there six times. It's an incredible sea. Easily because of the focus of the wind coming down from the mountains, storms come up. These guys had experienced that before. They knew it. See, for us, it's not the Sea of Galilee. It's a marital storm, a financial storm, a storm of our children, a hell storm, a storm of personal relationship. Maybe it's a, it's a spiritual storm where unbelief just floods me. Well, as you look at that, You say, well, Pastor Mark, they obeyed God, and man, they're in the middle of this incredible storm. Maybe it was better not to follow Jesus. The people on, on shore didn't experience this horrible storm. No, but I want to say this to you. Everybody in life goes through storms. I'd rather go through a horrible storm with Jesus in my boat than go through a horrible storm without it. 
You know, often when I'm called to the hospital or whatever, and, it, and many times it's life and death situations, pulling the plug, somebody just come from an accident not long ago, you know, a two-year-old, and it's just, it's just amazing. When, when I do that and I, and I go into a room and it's relatives or friends of somebody and they don't know the Lord, I, I don't know what in the world they hold on to. And that's where I have the privilege to say, hmm, God is a very present help in time of trouble. I've come with hope. You see, this world gives us stuff that just isn't fair. Well, with this horrible storm, Jesus is sleeping. Why is he sleeping? Because he knows he's not going to die in this storm. Because his time hasn't come yet. Well, what happens in verse 25? The disciples went to him and woke him. Anybody have any idea who the first disciple was that went to him, maybe? (laughs) Yeah, we know, don't we? Big Pete. And they said, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. I want you to see something. These were fishermen. They'd experienced this all their life. They knew the storm. They knew the boat. They knew how to handle it. But now they were fearful. They were overtaken. They had never seen a storm like this. Here's a statement I want you to write. Following Jesus isn't about the boat. It isn't about stuff. It's about Jesus. You see, they're not going to Jesus and say, I wish we were in a bigger boat. They're going to Jesus because they're saying, our wisdom, we don't know what to do. We've been been rowing. We don't know what to do. We've taken the sail down. We don't know what to do. Our wisdom, we, we can't get through this. A bigger boat isn't the answer. My wisdom isn't the answer. We don't have a, you know, a, a 40 horsepower to put on it to get through. The only answer is Jesus. More stuff doesn't bring hope. Nothing wrong with stuff. We like to have it. I love the iPod stuff and all that kind of stuff. Now that you can download, you know, you can do our stuff. You can download our sermons automatically and all that kind of stuff. Don't let the iPod or the MP3 players and all that stuff, they'll take your quiet time from you. I don't need to listen to an iPod. I listen to the maker of the iPod, and that's not Apple. Speak to me. And he does that, by the way, out of here. That's where life comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the, by the word of God. I want to show you a picture of the boats. If you go to Israel with us sometime, you go to a neat place near Kibbutz on the Sea of Galilee. And a few years ago, they found a 2,000-year-old boat. Exactly like Jesus would have been in. Exactly. And you see it on the left and how they did it. And just amazing how they got it out of the water. Because the minute it hit air... It would disintegrate the wood. So they found a way to do it and preserve it. And you see on the other side, that's exactly what they preserved. It's in a museum that we get to go to. It's called the Ancient Boat Museum. It's incredible to see that. And the next picture is a picture of of what it actually would have looked like in those days. See, some of you think, well, Jesus is going to be in the Queen Mary going through the Sea of Galilee or whatever. No, that's the kind of boat that he would have been in. And you can see those guys going, ah, we're working like crazy, man. Look at this little boat, and the storm's coming, and they're tossed everywhere and whatever. And it's not about a bigger boat. It's about going to Jesus. Because they know that's the solution to their problem. Don't think it's about more stuff. More stuff doesn't do it. No hope in stuff. But there is hope in Jesus. Now, when you see that happening... How was Jesus going to respond when they go, we're going to drown? Look at verse 26. He replied, 
you of no faith. Is that what it says? No, it says what kind of faith? Well, why did they have little faith? Well, two things. Number one, number one, faith means believing something even though you don't see it happening. Number one, they had faith because they got in the boat. They were going to the other side. They believed Jesus. You see, sometimes we start out, God says, get in the boat. We start out and we get over to this situation here. Hey, I didn't bargain for this. Yes, you did. You got in the boat. Life comes with storms. Jesus is there. So they had a little faith because they got in the boat. Number two, they had a little faith because who did they go to when they got in trouble? Well, they're just weak. Go to Jesus. You Christians are all alike. Just crutch people. You need a crutch to get through life. No, we don't need a crutch. We need a full bed to go to. I need an ambulance to go to. Without him, I can't do anything spiritually. So it's a good thing. They had a little faith. They went to Jesus. But then he challenges them. Now, the little faith was okay, but it's not really where he wanted it. Why are you so afraid? And then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves. And it was completely calm. I want you to notice something. He rebuked his disciples before he rebuked the waves. I personally would like it the other way. I'm going to start. Jesus says, let me talk to you about your attitude, your faith. No, forget the attitude. Calm the storm, would you? Calm it. Now you can talk to me. What do you want? He does exactly the opposite. Isn't that amazing? It's incredible to me. Now, he rebuked in a loving way. He's saying, you shouldn't really be afraid. Now, Next statement you want to write is simply this. Following Jesus helps us to develop great faith. See, they didn't go into the storm by accident. They were there by design. When I get in a tough time in life, I want God to take me around the storm. You know, we fly enough, you fly enough, that when your pilot will say, put your seatbelt on, and we're going to take a little thing to the south, we're going to go north, we're going to go below, we got this big storm, we're going to go around it. That's what I want in life. God, here's the storm, get me around this sucker. God says, yeah, we will. Right through it. (laughs) Why? Because that develops faith. Next statement you want to write is to grow, faith must be tested. Can't be without storms. Life doesn't work without storms. And so this incredible time was filled with a storm. Why? Because Jesus knew soon he was leaving and these disciples must learn to trust him in their boat. Later he would be gone, but the Holy Spirit would be in them. Are you trusting your boat today or Jesus? Here's a statement. Notice it says, when he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, it was completely calm. The Bible tells us there was lots of little boats around. Can you imagine that? They're all going like this, and all of a sudden, Jesus gets up, and they look over it. It's like a bathtub. Do you know that you can be calm in the midst of a storm? You can be calm right smack dab in the middle of a storm. Some of you today are in a storm right now. You're hurting. You're struggling. You feel like you're going to go under. 
You're not sure what the outcome's going to be. You've been obeying God, but it's difficult. And I want to say to you from your God this morning, right now here, peace. Be still. Peace. Be still. It's not me. It's Jesus saying to you, the giver of peace, peace right now. Quiet down. You can have peace in the midst of your storm. I told you earlier that a disciple had to be teachable. Did Peter learn this lesson? Yes, he did. Look at 1 Peter. You see it on the overhead. 6 and 7, Peter says this, So be truly glad there's wonderful joy ahead, even though it is necessary for you to endure many trials or storms for a while. These trials are only to test your faith. That is strong and pure. Well, after it got calm, look at the next statement, verse 27. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. Next thing you want to write is simply this. Following Jesus will allow you and me, us, to experience, and experience is the key, to experience God's power and his presence. You see, we see the humanity of Jesus. He was asleep. He wakes up. We see the power of the deity of Jesus. He has power over nature. The disciples, well, it would take them years to discover the answer to their question. Who is this man? Maybe you're trying to figure out this morning, who is this Jesus? Was he just a great teacher? No, he was fully man and fully God. He was the virgin-born Messiah who came to save all people from their sins. This is who this Jesus was and enabled them to have a life full of abundance on earth and eternal life in heaven. This Jesus was God who had authority and power in heaven and earth over every situation. And that's why he can say to you and me this morning, peace, be still. And the storm in your life must be quiet. Now I said to you, following Jesus allows me to experience it. What about the guys? Let's say this is the boat and you were left on shore. You were one of those two that decided not to follow. Did, did you miss anything as they're moving across the Sea of Galilee? If you're not following Jesus, are you missing anything? Let me tell you what you've missed. They missed out on being with Jesus. Being with Jesus is incredible. It's a personal relationship. Number two, they missed out on seeing their fears replaced by faith. Number three, they missed out on seeing who Jesus was. He wasn't just a great teacher. Number four, they missed out on experiencing a miracle. Number five, they missed out on experiencing peace. And number six, most of all, they missed out on experiencing real life. You know, when those disciples got to the other side and they got to dry land, you think the talk of the town was anything? Those boys that were over lunch were so excited. Did you? Unbelievable. And that began to build faith in them. But see, the people that chose not to follow, boring, Routine, life, 
Well, we talked about it. Without hope. Let me ask you today. Jesus in your boat? We saw earlier that some people, well, they make too fast a decision to accept Jesus. They don't count the cost, make this emotional thing, and then they never really follow through. And then we saw some people that are too slow. They're just too slow to make a commitment. Do you know where I find most people today in the church? In that category. They're too slow to make a commitment to follow Jesus Christ. They know the right thing to do is to follow Jesus. They, they know that it just seems right. They know it's right, but they simply procrastinate. They mean to get around to it, but they just never get around to it. They believe that soon they're going to make that commitment, but they, they just don't do it. It's not that they don't want to. They, they just don't. And I think there's two huge dangers to procrastinating. Number one, you're missing out on real life. You're missing out on real life right now. You'll spend, people email me this quite often. I have people write me all the time and say this. Can a person who accepts Christ on their deathbed go to heaven? What do you think? What would I answer? Could they? How do we know they could? Thief on the cross, right? But let me say, is that the right time to accept Christ? Absolutely not. How many of you raise your hands? I wish I would have done it earlier. There's 50 years or 40 years or 70 years or 80 years of no life. Why would you wait? Second, there come a time when it's too late to make a commitment. You see, there's a, there's a special line like this. When God's spirit never, and I'll use the pulpit here thing, he, he never will deal with your heart again. He comes to you time and time and time again, and you go, mm, not now, later, 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 later. Finally, the Bible says there's a time when God says, through with you. Your heart's hard. You're not interested. I'm moving on to people that are interested. You don't want to get there. We studied Wednesday, if you missed it, the Valley of Decision. Incredible teaching. The Battle of Armageddon. People went to the Valley of Decision and thought, wow, I can, I can now choose. But it, the Valley of Decision where they could choose, it was where God had already said, too late. See, the minute you take a breath, your last, it's too late. It's too late to make a decision for Christ. So here's what I want to say to you. Become a committed follower of Jesus. Get on board. Get on board today. Get on board today. Second, for some of you, Jesus used to be in your boat. You can remember the days... And you used to be a follower of Jesus Christ, but somehow you find yourself today in a storm and God's not with you. You're not even sure how you kind of got out of here doing your own thing. And got, you say you're a follower, but you don't even consult him. I mean, you just now you're out doing your own thing and you're missing out on real life. And you discovered something that you knew before you began to be a follower. You can't do life without God. You've discovered it and you're, you're, you're miserable. Well, God offers second chances. Whether we live in a fortress, have millions of dollars, or access to the cutting edge of medical technology, the security they provide will only get us so far. No matter who we are, disease, death in the family, or financial ruin are all just one phone call away. In today's message, Pastor Mark taught us about the ultimate security and comfort that comes through none other than Christ. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. When it comes to radical change in a person's life, many can be doubtful or even skeptical. Those of us who have put our faith in Christ are living testimonies to the possibility of radical change and restoration. In our next message, Pastor Mark will focus on the change that comes through the transformation of Christ. In our study, we'll learn how this transformation comes by entering into a committed relationship with the Son of God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurry